Hey, this is Akira, and welcome to Behind the Open Door, where we sit down with up-and-coming producers, DJs, and artists to learn more about themselves and their music. We also get the chance to have them grace our studio with their own DJ set. So please sit back and enjoy. and welcome to the very first episode of Behind the Open Door, my brand new series that gives you the fans a chance to get a little more up and close to your favorite and upcoming producer and DJs. And to kick us off, I would like to welcome a good friend of mine, DJ Reckless, hailing from Denver, Colorado. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, hey, I appreciate you uh, being basically my, my first one popping that you know, interview cherry of mine. <laughs> oh, anytime, this- buddy. Thanks so much for having me. Oh man, I appreciate it, man. I think we've we've been back and forth. You know, it's funny. It's the first time we've actually talked on the phone, and it's funny with technology that we're so used to just IMing each other or messaging each other on whatever social media it is, and that we lose the touch of like actually talking to people. And it's weird. We've we've collaborated on a song, but I don't think we have ever actually talked on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. This is the first time I've actually heard your voice, other than you know when you talk at the beginning of your open door mixes. Yeah. So, so let's go ahead and get started here. So, uh, let's just go ahead and kind of let the listeners know. Get those who's first time. Hey, who's Reckless? Get familiar with who you are. What makes Reckless who you are, and what you guys, um, how you got started. Absolutely. Well, it, it all started back. Uh, I would say definitely freshman year of high school is when I first really started um, getting into actually producing music. Um, before that, you know, I would kind of just mess around with DJing and stuff like that. Um, Originally, it's kind of a funny story how it even started. And that was just one day I was like, oh, it'd be funny to download this DJ app and, you know, mess around with songs, make them all fast or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I decided <laughs> to do that. But that, that, at that point, that was in eighth grade. Uh-huh. Um, so back then, I began um, just kind of messing around with music. And then after messing with it on the app, I was kind of like, oh, this is actually really fun, like actually getting the song to, you know, merge in between each other and make clean, you know, clean transitions and all that. That's where I originally started. Um, and then once I, you know, back in, back in even middle school, I can't remember exactly when, but I remember one of the first electronic music um, songs that I heard was from this guy named DJ Italian Sensation, which goes way back to like eighth grade for me. Oh. And so that was when I would have been 13 or 21 now. Oh. Um, so this this guy he would he would just make all these mixes of this really happy melodic, um, really fast kind of techno stuff. And back then I was just like I was immediately drawn in, and I was searching around the internet everywhere trying to find as much electronic music as I could, um, and I wanted you know just to hear it all. Um, and after that, you know, I started you know like I said doing the mixes, and then once I got into uh, about ninth grade of high school, so I was fourteen at this time. And one of my buddies, um, who goes by Volfrax, I did a collaboration with him on this album I just released in June. Uh-huh. Um, he, he actually was showing me a bit on Ableton and showing me, you know, how 
how he produces music and stuff like that. And I was just like, holy crap, this looks like rocket science. How am I ever going to figure this out? You know, <laughs> I look at the, I, you know, I look at the screen and I'm just like, what are all these buttons? What are all these knobs? What does any of this do? And um, after a while, he started teaching me a little bit on that. Um, and so at this point, you know, I, I kind of mess around. All I did through most of high school was make, you know, bootlegs and remixes of any song I could get my hands on, any acapella, whatever. It didn't even matter what it was. I remember doing some, like, like a remix of, like, Call Me Maybe and stuff like that by Carly Rae Jepsen, <laughs> goofy stuff like that. <laughs> just, to, just to, you know, kind of get used to how, um, how the whole production system works hmm. and stuff like that. After a while, um, I never actually made my first original song until 11th grade of high school, mm-hmm. which was which was still um, just instrumental, of course, no vocals yet. Uh, and you know, I never even put that. Out. You know, any any producer, they always say, you know, we've got like millions of unfinished files on our computer that just that are sitting there. Like we're like, oh, okay, maybe I could finish this one day. But you never, you know, some some things never see the light of day, which we can all relate to that. Oh, it's most definitely. Um, yeah. So um, after that, um, so I was, you know, all through high school, I was so into music. And, you know, I would DJ for some of the dances at my school and stuff like that, um, which was a long process in itself. I would, I would go and bug the crap out of, you know, every everybody who runs the school and stuff like that. I was like, let me teach you for the dance. Let me teach you. Let me do it. Because I just wanted to, you know, I, I just wanted to share some better music instead of just sharing, you know, kind of like the generic stuff they usually play at school dances. And I kind of wanted to change the scene a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it all began definitely there. And what, you know, once um, I, I was always that kid in high school where I'd sit there on my laptop, people would think like, you know, this guy's super antisocial because all I would do is I'd have my headphones on in class, and I actually got terrible grades in high school. Not gonna lie, because <laughs> all I would I convinced all my I convinced all of my teachers that I needed my laptop to take notes because I said I can't write as fast as they talk. Uh-huh. So I would just be I would be on my laptop in class. You know, with, I'd sneak a headphone up my up my shirt and have it in, and I'd be working on music <laughs> during every class. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> That is so awesome. See, when I was in high school, yeah, and stuff, so, they, there wasn't a laptop to carry in class. <laughs> I just won't say how old I am, but I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know I, it took me long enough just to get them to let me do that. But, I mean, I, I still don't regret it to this day. You know, um, you know, in high school, some people, like, during, uh, you know, your senior year, you'll have a bunch of off periods because, you know, you – you've got most of your credits done so you can have no off hours. But me in my senior year, I had to make up all of those hours. Uh-huh. All of those hours from when I was sitting on my computer making music. But it was so worth it in the end because once, you know, so fast forwarding a little bit, once I finally graduated high school, um, I said, you know, like I love music. I want to do more. I want to get more into this music thing. Um, so, you know, I started looking around at schools and stuff like that. And eventually, um, I came across a school in Toronto and I'm actually, I'm half Canadian. So oh. I was able to go to Toronto oh, and go nice. to school there. And yeah, so school is, it was so much cheaper up there. So I went to this school called Recording Arts Canada, 
Um, and they were just fantastic. I, but I was just in this tiny little class, 40 people, um, you know, for the, and it was just one year, one year around. Oh. And, um, I met some of my best friends in, in Toronto for sure. And another one of my buddies, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Nocturnal. That's the, oh, yeah. um, you know, my, yeah, my duo with, uh, Nick Connor, who's from Toronto. He still lives, he lives in Ottawa currently and I'm back in Colorado. Uh-huh. Um, but me and him, it's it started out for a while there. I wasn't really doing any solo projects because mm-hmm. me and him met in school, and we we started working on all these songs together, and we just really had kind of a a chemistry together as far as working on songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we yeah we just we would we would come home from school and we every day every night that's all we would work on. And most well actually the reason we came up with the name Nocturnal was because we were like we could not make music during the day for some reason. We'd try and try, but we couldn't come up with anything. It was just crap. Everything was crap. Or at least that's how we saw it. Uh. Um, so, so we would always run music at night and we'd literally stay up all night and sleep all day. <laughs> like, except for school, of course, but we'd go into class and then, you know, um, but then after that, we came up with our, our first, we called it an album, but it was more of an EP. It was only six songs. Yeah, it was called "A Touch of Evil," mm-hmm. and we put that out back in, I believe it was 2014, mm-hmm. um, on Halloween. And that was like looking back on that now, it's just funny. Me and him both joke about it because we're like, "What were we doing with these songs?" Like we we thought they sounded really good at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> they they were not good. They were just so terribly mixed, and oh my gosh, just peeking peeking all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> But you're excited. You got Except it out for one this. song. <laughs> exactly. We're just like we're just like yes, it's done. Even though we spent like we literally spent months and months working on these songs, and now when we listen back to it, we laugh our heads off. But it's it's still like super awesome listening back to those because that's you know where we started, and that's that's where I you know really started getting into making more of the of the melodic music and trying to bring out more true feeling of what I really wanted to you know put out as my sound yeah. kind of thing. And that's when I really started working towards that because, um, because every artist, you definitely, you have to have a signature sound. There's no, that's no mystery, you know? And, um, so, so me and him would work on sound design all the time. And at this point we were using, uh, just making music on reason, uh, propeller head reason. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, cause with reason, they only have the in the box stuff. You can only make, um, all the VSTs and stuff. There's no external VSTs with reason, so it was kind of limiting in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But we just really liked how the program worked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for for all of um, a test of evil, we just used reason synths and reason VSTs and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. And then come a year later, after um, so at this point it was 2015. Well, just the end of 2015, we were. Um, I had been living there for a year after I, after I had graduated from, uh, my college in Toronto and, um, we decided like, cause the, me, my brother and I were living up there together uh-huh. and we decided, um, that we were going to move back to Colorado, um, in June, which was June, 2016. Uh-huh. And we decided to, you know, we decided to move back then. So me and Nick said, okay, we're going to take, and take three weeks off of work uh-huh. and we're 
going to take all this time to make one more album before we leave, yeah. or before I leave. Uh-huh. And so, and these were the most, like, he'll tell you too, if you ever for some reason interview him, those were the most fantastic three weeks ever, because we just, all we did was stay up all night and music and sleep all day and it was just like that's what everybody wants <laughs> it was world, right yeah i think you know, i think around that time i think when i first and i first came across you you know and first the thing that caught me obviously were your melodies you know because that's that's a big stickler for me too is you know all the other you know builds and everything else i mean in the industry itself they're pretty much all generically the same but what catches me at least from my ears is melodies that's i mean coming from background that's not not just strictly you know, electronic music, but, you know, rock and everything else, not even for the vocal melodies, but instrumental melodies, too. I mean, that's what caught me with your music, what, what that, was that specific uh, area you, you concentrate you concentrate on. Like, you know, at first, when I would make music, I would make a song just for the sake of having, like, a party song, you know, and she was... But now, it's, you know, over the years, it's become so much more than that, really want to portray, you know, I make music because I think people like it, but I kind of just make what I feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people in the industry today make the mistake of, they try and make a song, you know, to pertain to the people, which, which definitely like in, you know, you, there's a fine line, you know what I mean? But you can't just be making random noises just because you like it. No one's going to, you know, <laughs> that's never going to get you anywhere. <laughs> That's true. There's, there's a lot of random noises I've heard too. I'm like, oh, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's you know those songs that yeah, it's just like it's just like what? Where's the true feeling in this? This is not what music needs to be. At least not to what I think. I think it. You know, my biggest thing with my music, um, you know, obviously then and again, I just like to make a fun song. This is kind of goofy. You know, kind of well, like my recent. Um, my most recent single, Cicada, uh-huh. that came out uh, just earlier this month, that was more of kind of just one, like, like I really like that song, but it was more of just, you know, kind of a fun song. Yeah, definitely was a fun song. You know, every time I hear the word Cicada in there, I'm thinking like those, I start thinking of those bugs, and they suddenly come out and start buzzing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was just fun. One of my buddies, uh, actually the voice, you know, before before the main drop is um, one of my buddies who, uh, who's who been one of my best friends since kindergarten. He actually did that voice that says Cicada, and we messed around with it and had a great time. Um, you know, and th- that's another thing, too, with me, is I love collaborating with people and just, like, in any way I can, you, you know, it, it doesn't just have to be in music, but just, you know, because that's what it's all about, is with music, it's supposed to bring us together, you know, and there's so many different ways that it can and some people don't see that, you know what I mean? They kind of just see the, almost the money aspect of something, and they, they almost do the opposite. They kind of seclude themselves with the music rather than, you know, with my music, I try and, because I, the way I see it is if, if I make music that I truly want to make, that I truly feel, that other people will feel that too, you know? Oh yeah, and that, that's, and that's, that's, that's a definite because you know people. Yeah, it's because of the explosion with electronic music, and I mean honestly, because 
yeah, we've, you know, as an industry itself, it's kind of lost its, you know, what the grassroots was, right? You know, you remember, you know, when you say you first started listening to, you know, the stuff back, in, you know, 10, 12 years ago, right? And it, it, it was, when you hear electronic music, it was about, you know, the core of it was just bringing people together. You know, and you could be anywhere. Exactly. You could be kids here in the states, in North America, and meanwhile the kids are raving out in Europe or somewhere else, right? And but it was just something that's—it's a common language, no matter what language you speak. You know, it's some of the networks. You know, some folks I know, you know, I've met over you know a couple of years. Yeah, I have to basically send someone get a translator go on Google and trying to understand what they were saying because I had to get a translator. <laughs> But you yeah, have technology, exactly. right? We still, you still can talk, you still can tell. When it comes down to music, hey, hey you know, right, it's the same language no matter what and where you're from. Exactly. And that's what's so beautiful about music is, I, like, I think to myself sometimes, what would the world be without music? And that would be the most boring world that could ever be. Oh. I seriously think that would be like, if, if, the, if there was no more music in the world, there, I, I seriously think music is behind everything. Like, if you, you know, like, I'm I'm getting all, like, philosophical and stuff, but, you know, it's, without music, what are we? You know, that's what brings us together. You know, there's, there's all this, all this crap going on around the world, and the only thing that brings people together is music, because you go to all these concerts, all these shows, you listen to a song that your friend also loves, and you just jam out to it, and it just takes you to a whole different place, and that's, but it should be all you know what I mean? Oh, most, most, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's, you know, I get to think that that's where we're going to work. You know, me starting with this, you know, you being the first one here during this this process here, and again, I appreciate it. But it's also, you know, it's letting you oh, know, you know, what we are as musicians and what we want to project, you know, you know, the, okay, you get the bad rap in the media or, you know, it's like, hey, it's nothing but party and drugs and all that stuff. But it's, it's absolutely not, you know, and, and it's about... It's about taking the opportunity and taking the music as a common language of anyone and breaking down barriers. Absolutely. And that's my biggest thing. With my music, I am always trying to constantly push myself to make something different. You know what I mean? Like if, uh, um, like if you heard my album, like I made that music a little bit ago and like, wow, this is so much different than, like, even the stuff I'm making now, like, I've done some remixes in the past, I just came out with a, another remix, re- uh, you know, just pushing, the biggest thing is pushing yourself as an artist to make something new, and to go outside of your comfort zone, and I didn't want to do that at first, but once, like, once you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you'll be amazed that you can actually make, like, sometimes I go back and listen to a song that I've made, and I'm like, I cannot believe I actually just made this, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, I know, the feeling, you know, with, you know, not to sidetrack myself, myself here, but, you know, like, I've taken the challenge more so, you know, more recent stuff I'm working on is, you know, starting with lyrics. Before, you know, commonly for me, you know, I would start start with a guitar or, or sit on front of a keyboard and then come up with a melody. Now, you know, at least in my writing process, I've written over the years so many different lyric ideas, and I just I would say the last person I want to hear sing is myself. <laughs> but you know. Right. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> but you know, you still And lyrics are the hardest thing to write. I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, like I can write melodies, instrumentals all day long, but lyrics, oh my gosh, they're so hard to come up with for some reason. <laughs> 
you know, and I, I, I definitely, you know, I definitely give props to those who can sit down and pen uh, words in a musical form. I, I can write words, but does it come out and translate correctly as music? Probably most of the time not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, you don't want it to sound cheesy or sound goofy or whatever if you're like, you know, if your song's trying to put out a certain feeling or idea and you just listen back to it or you read back to your lyrics and you're just like, that sounds so cheesy. It sounds like a Disney movie or something. <laughs> or like, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I, I write stuff down. I was like, what am I? I've been listening to The Cure or something? Like, what's going on here, you know? <laughs> I know. It's like, uh, it's, almost, it's almost sometimes I find I write the best music when I'm almost like stressed out if you know what I mean, or like... Oh, um, yeah, definitely. The, almost, the creative juices flow better. I have experienced the exact same way. If I'm just like happy-go-lucky, oh, like, I can't write anything. I'm like, okay, let me, let me get myself... Let me watch the news or something, get myself all depressed about it and write something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I know I find that too. If, if you're depressed for some reason, I know it sounds depressing to even talk about this this way, but sometimes I find if I'm like, if I'm like down, sometimes I write some of the greatest songs I ever have written and or to this day at least um, hopefully hopefully I can write better ones you know I, I want to keep going absolutely <laughs> but like yeah sometimes it's so weird like some days you know normally if I'm in a really happy mood that's when songs like Cicada come out or something like that exactly. but um, you know with my with my recent album that came out in June which is called Welcome to Reckland that um that basically, that took me two years to make that album. Um, you know, and there's a lot of songs that didn't make it onto the album and stuff like that just because I felt like they weren't, um, you know, they, they weren't good enough or that, you know, I could have tried harder on this song. So every song I put on there, I put like, oh my gosh, I was such a perfectionist with them that I got, I almost got sick of listening to my own songs. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know how that goes. I sometimes I just kick myself out and say, you know what? Just do it, get it done, and off to the next one. Exactly, yeah. And there's, there's some point all the time when you're making a song, you have to get to that point where you're like, okay, this is good, this is done. Because sometimes I've found that if I, get too, if I get too crazy with making it perfect, it'll actually sound worse, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, but there's definitely a fine line. Like, you, gotta, you can't not try to make it sound good, but you can't try too hard almost. It's kind of weird. Like, some people might disagree with that, but with me, sometimes I find if I put, if I change around too much, it, it's just like it loses something, and then you can't get it back somehow. You know what I mean? You're like, what did I, what did I forget to lose? And you're like, all the same instruments are in here. I just changed little things Some. Sometimes it's something as simple as the mix, you know, as simple as getting the levels right and stuff like that. And sometimes, you know, if you had too much automation or something or too much, um, I don't know, sometimes it takes the natural feeling out of it is how I feel it. Because when you, when you finish a song, it's kind of like, or when you finish at least writing, you know, the melodies for the song and then later you go in and mess with, change around the instruments and stuff like that. But um, initially it's like, um, like you don't want to ruin the, the, to take away the creative process of it in a way. Um, you know what I mean? Like oh, it's, yeah. um, yeah, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> lost my, uh, that's yeah. awesome, man. Uh, hey, you know, I think, I think for those, the, the, those who listen, 
and it's your fans and fans who are going to be new fans to you. They definitely like to get that insight into you know the artist, the producer, and what gets in our minds. You know, what makes us tick. You know, you know, we it's more than just hey, we push play and dance around, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I hate practice. That's a common misconception for sure. <laughs> I'm like, I am the worst <laughs> dancer, and you put me behind a desk and dance. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, one, I think one, one thing I was glad when I was in a, I was DJing the rock band I was in. One thing was great is that having all the smoke, no one knew how badly I danced behind all that smoke. <laughs> they just saw, oh, no. they just see smoke and lights. That's all they saw. They didn't know there was a guy back there. <laughs> I know. I bet you anything. Um, most, you know, all these people make all all these producers making these music. I bet you most of them suck at dancing. I can de- I can definitely agree with you on that one. <laughs> dancing is no for me. There's, there's like the DJ, but I'll still do it. Yeah, there's the DA, DJ 101 of like probably like 10, 15 basic dance behind the deck. <laughs> you, everyone's probably seen yeah, that bam out there, right? You know, you got to have... Coming up and down and doing the butterfly, you know. You got the butterfly, you <laughs> know, you got the, what do they call it, the David Guetta scare, stare. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about, right, that man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one from Tomorrowland, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh! I was, that, I was that like, wow, that's that. that's a, that's some that's good stuff. He must be there. <laughs> He's happy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, oh hey, you know I appreciate it. So I have another thing too. As we wrap up here, it's kind of like quick facts about Reckless. So I'm just gonna go down the line. You give okay. me the answer, and we'll see what we come up with. All right, Reckless. Okay. Where were you born? I was born in Columbus, Ohio. Moved to Colorado when I was one. Next question. First CD or cassette you bought? And I have to say CD or cassette because I can't say record because you're too young to buy a record. <laughs> so I'll say first CD or cassette you've ever bought. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it was a cassette. Um, and the, the first one I can remember is Lou Bega, A Little Bit of Mambo. Oh, man. <laughs> Which was my favorite Mambo, song. Da, da, da. <laughs> okay, now that sounds Exactly, crazy. that's the one. Okay, that damn song's gonna be stuck in my head now for the rest of the day. <laughs> I know. Oh man, it's your fault. Dude. It's your fault. All right, best memory playing in front of a crowd. Oh, best memory. I definitely have to say um, I haven't played a ton of shows, but back in um, it was October last year, I played at this place called the Moxie down here, and it was um, just after some kind of crappy stuff in my life mm-hmm. um, you know and a bunch of my family was down after this after this whole thing happened a bunch of my family from Toronto which is my mom's side of the family mm-hmm. um, and from Oregon which is my father's side of the family uh, they all were in Colorado and it just worked out really well that I had this show coming up and everybody came there and it was um, definitely one of the biggest shows I've played yet but that's when I also premiered um, almost all of my songs from my album mm-hmm. and it was just a fantastic reaction from the crowd and still thinking about it now it gives me chills like there's nothing like seeing people react well to your music you know yeah, it's, de- it's definitely it's definitely uh, exciting I- I've had that experience and it's you just you're in awe <laughs> that's what I was going to say you just get in awe you just like you, you sit there and actually just be an observer instead of actually doing what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> exactly and this show was actually very different for me, too, because I, um, this was the first time I actually brought my keyboard and I played um, the majority of my melodies live 
um, up on stage. So that was a very big show for me as well. And just getting, you know, I was all nervous before thinking I'd screw it up, but it went so well. I'm, it, I was so grateful for the whole night. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. Next question here. Strangest thing you seen at a show. <laughs> Strangest thing. Um, that's a good question. Okay. I saw, um, when I was in, I went to this, the first ever music festival I went to was called Veld Music Festival. It's actually in Toronto. And I went there in 2012. And um, it was during, um, I know VT was playing. He was closing out second night because it was a two-day festival. And, you know, I was towards the front of the stage and this, uh, this girl and this guy, like, some, I don't know how they got up there, but they, were, they went across the stage across the stage, but they were like down where the sofas are and somehow the guards couldn't catch them because they were all sweaty or something <laughs> slippery and 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 this and this girl like while she while she was running she, like she was in time is running oh <laughs> so, man uh, yeah oh, that, man. that's definitely i would have to say the the weirdest thing i've seen at a festival for now i'm <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of opportunities, right? <laughs> exactly. Awesome, awesome. Hey, man, you know what? I appreciate appreciate you coming on board, being the first one here. Um, any other things you want to let the, the listeners know? Any shows coming up? Any other new releases coming up? I know you just had a bunch recently. Obviously, Sinqueda. You had Awakening also that came out about a month ago. You just did release your uh, Justin Bieber uh, uh uh, uh, remix, and I think you had the Alan Walker one too, like two months ago, which I always have on repeat. Anything else? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, um, well, I did. I did put out the remix of um, Zara Larson's "Never Forget You." That's a, that one's only on YouTube because there were some issues with SoundCloud on that one. So, if anybody wants to head over and check that one out, it's very. Um, it's it's more of a melodic dubstep type one. Mm-hmm. Um, and something else I forgot to say also is my. My number one motto as as a musician is I'm not too good for anybody. Um, that uh, you know, when it comes to shows, when it comes to collaborations, whatever, um, I'm not too cool for anybody. You know, some like I don't want to ever be seen as that. I like nobody should ever be afraid to reach out to me if they want to. You know, if they if they just want to talk about music or whatever. You know, that, um, because kind of my my motto with Reckless is. Um, like my slogan, I guess is what you call it, that says live reckless. It means more than just live recklessly. It mean, well, actually, that's exactly what it means. <laughs> it means, yeah, I mean, it, it means, you know, go, go balls to the wall with everything you do because what the hell do you have to lose? There you go. It's called pin your balls the against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Said, hey, again, just like, hey, thank you to Reckless. Just let the listeners know, DJ Reckless, Denver, Colorado. You can check them on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. It's Reckless with R3CKL355. So remember that. Add them on Facebook and on Instagram. You won't regret it. Even Twitter too, which is the same thing as DJ Reckless. I think it says on on Instagram. Uh, hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you for hey. I think everyone's, this has went great. Hopefully the sound went okay. So hopefully we'll work out the technicalities a little bit better next next time around. So, hey, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, hey, have a great one. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, buddy. Have a fantastic day. All right. 
This is Akira, and you're listening to Behind the Open Door, now presenting DJ Reckless.
you for joining us here on Behind the Open Door. To learn more about our guests featured in this show, please visit my website at akiraofficial.com. Again, for more information about our guests, please visit my website at akiraofficial.com. Again, thanks and have a great one.